It is 12.04. Dr. Payne Show. Dr. Lou is here ready to answer all your questions. Phone lines are wide open. Bring them on. 416-870-6400. Star 640. On cell free consultations, by the way. So uh, get the ball rolling. See if we can help you here. See if he can help you here uh, this afternoon over the next hour. What's uh, What's been happening, my friend? Uh, s- same old stuff, John. Yeah, man. Um, one of the interesting cases that I had this week, which is similar to the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks, of uh, pain in an area being misdiagnosed mm-hmm. uh, by someone else, and then I'm able to, with my team, able to find out the source of the problem and get it treated right. Um, with leg pain, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners obviously have experienced sciatica, which is yeah. pain down uh, the back of the leg uh, into the knee, sometimes even further into the lower leg and into the feet. Something that's not as common but does happen is when you get that similar type of shooting pain into the front of the leg, down the um, the, the quadricep and into the, the anterior knee, which is the front of the knee. And I had a gentleman who came in who listens to the show, um, and he was complaining of this type of pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been seen by his family doctor and other clinic. And, there, and he has a bit of both going on. He has some pain going down the back of his leg, uh, which is primarily what he's getting treated for. And that's getting much better. But the pain in the front of the leg, he's not getting as better from. And it's more of a chronic condition. Right. So there's a couple things that can cause that, similar to when we've spoken about when you have sciatica, that it could be due to a tight muscle or it could be due to a herniation, et cetera. So same type of thing with that type of characteristic uh, neurological pain in the front of the leg where um, the person, it could be due to something like a disc herniation, but higher up. Uh, most sciatic nerve disc herniations happen lower down, L4-5, L5, S1. With the anterior leg, the anterior thigh part, those disc herniations would be more related to L1-2, L3-4, that type of thing. Uh, And it's more related to the femoral nerve versus the sciatic nerve. Uh, Other things that could happen is that nerve has to come across into the anterior hip and go through... uh, the, the inguinal area and tight muscles in that area can cause that problem. So, um, and that's the most common reason why you would get that. And so he had been told previously that that was the source of his pain. That was likely some type of a disc herniation right. that was also happening higher up, causing those symptoms. And again, we've spoken about this before where just because you have something on imaging, but you don't necessarily have the clinical symptoms, that's it's the correlation of both things that really matters, not just looking at images and looking at clinical symptoms uh, as two different things. They have to be put together. So in treating him and as I was able to speak to him, um, I found out a couple key questions that I was asking him. One of the interesting questions that I asked him was, um, does hot water make this issue feel worse in the anterior thigh. Like if you're in a, like a bath? Yeah, like it, okay. you're taking a shower or a bath yep. with nerve issues, especially because that type of pathology in the anterior leg, which is called neuralgia parasthetica, uh, affects the cutaneous nerves. Cutaneous nerves being the sensory nerves actually in the skin yep. versus the sciatic nerve is not a, a cutaneous nerve. Uh, th- that hot water or any type of temperature to a nerve aggravates the the pain where it's like, oh no, that, that really bugs me. Uh, and he actually said, no, 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 warm water feels great on that. I, it feels awesome. Mm, I tend to okay. get better. Uh, and he said, actually, during the winter months when I'm outside, I tend to feel worse. So now that starts to change my thinking. I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't sound so much like a nerve issue anymore as much as it may be a referral pain from a muscle. muscle? Uh, and so there's a lot of pain or a lot of uh, different muscles Um in the glute area and also at the side of the hip and in the anterior hip that can refer that mimic that type of neuralgia parasthetica pain. And sure enough, 
start going into some trigger points. Medial stretching stuff. Yeah, like that, we yeah. we find the trigger point that's uh, causing that stuff. And uh, the gentleman doesn't live close to my main clinic, so he's being treated somewhere else where he's actually happy with the treatment that he's getting. So I simply just sent a letter back to their treating the treating professional, suggesting that they would also want to consider trigger point therapy and active release therapy or myofascial release therapy in order to get this person better. So this happened uh, literally a few days ago, so we'll follow up with him. But I'm confident that now treating that aspect and not just treating it as a disc herniation, he'll start to get better. Because I'm pretty confident, I'm 99% confident that it's just a muscular issue with a with a referral pain from the muscle versus a nerve issue from uh, from the, the spine. Would acupuncture fall under the uh, banner of release therapy? Uh, it would, would be it a similar, you could use acupuncture on a trigger point. So when right. I say a trigger point, a trigger point is is an area that's going to cause a referral pain. You can use a couple things to get those trigger points better. You can use uh, pressure with your fingers. So mm-hmm. just a, a therapist will apply pressure. And as the pain starts to release, they press deeper and deeper. Uh, you can use an acupuncture needle where you actually go into that point. Uh, you could also use things like lidocaine injections into that point. Uh, There's laser therapy that you could use on that same trigger point. So there are various uh, modalities that you could use Hmm. to treat that trigger point. We'll take a a short break. Phone lines are wide open. You got questions, concerns, uh, bring them on 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Just getting warmed up. Uh, Reminder as well, free consultations. You heard him mention a couple times dropping by the clinic. Uh, Dr. Lou is there. It's info at paincarecanada.com and one 855 Five five, Doctor Lou. Lots more of the Doctor Payne Show coming right up. Talk Radio, May six forty. It is twelve twelve on a Saturday morning here. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. As always, we love your phone calls coming through. We have some open lines. You got some concerns, some problems? Bring them on. Doctor Lou is here to uh, answer them. Asmina, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Excellent. Uh, what's your concern? Uh, Bell's palsy. Okay. okay. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, I guess my son um, must have woken up with it. And yep. uh, since then, we took him to the emergency and they prescribed some steroids to him yep. for a week, uh, heavy doses of steroids, 10, 10 pills per day for five days. Right. And then, of course, you reduced it down to eight and then six and then four. Right. Um, some antivirals, too. Okay. Uh, three times a day. And um, follow up with the doctor, with the family doctor. Family doctor said, oh, good, just, you know, hang in there, time, wait. Um, when I talk to friends and colleagues and research on the Google, they say acupuncture. Yep. Um, they say EMS machine. Mm-hmm. They say MPS machine. So a little confused now. Yeah, so let's start for our listeners who don't know what Bell's palsy is. What Bell's palsy is is a paralysis, and it's often temporary, mm-hmm. uh, paralysis of the facial nerve, which is the seventh uh, cranial nerve. The cranial nerves are the nerves that come out of the brain stem and supply mainly uh, the neck and up. And it supplies a lot of vital things. So the seventh uh, nerve, which is called the facial nerve, is responsible for the motor component. So a lot of the faces that we make when we smile, wink, et cetera, et cetera, that's what causes, that's all done by the facial nerve. Uh, and you have two facial nerves, one on either side. And Bell's palsy often affects just one, one, side, yeah. one side of the face. And these people will actually look like... You know, one side is actually like almost drooping. Yeah, it's it's, it's not working at all. There's no motor component. So you ask them to smile, and it looks like that split personality type of disorder. I actually know this well because when I was, um, I was still, I think I had just finished high school, and my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's now my wife, uh, all of a sudden got it out of nowhere. So I learned it before I actually got into the healthcare world. Um, 
But so understanding, as you were saying, that it is uh, a nerve issue. When we look at it, we don't know exactly what causes it. The reason why your son's been put on an antiviral is because it's thought to be in relation to some type of a virus. Uh, so they try antivirals in order to eliminate if there is some type mm-hmm. of a virus going on to help it. The other thing that uh, uh, that they give is the corticosteroid treatment because steroids just help the healing process everywhere in the body. So anytime someone's really bad with whatever, they're always going to give a heavy corticosteroid in order to try to get that issue better because it just expedites the healing process. But you are absolutely right. Understanding that it is a nerve issue, there are other things that you can do that stimulate nerve from a from a more manual perspective, such as the acupuncture or electrical stimulation through like a TENS machine or an EMS machine. Uh, It needs to be done properly. I I would definitely suggest that this is something that, you know, you don't necessarily want to go to someone who's never treated a Bell's palsy case, uh, but does acupuncture and get acupuncture from that person. You'd probably want to go to someone who has done it quite often and has seen multiple of these cases. The other thing that's very important in Bell's palsy is... Are you having your son do any type of exercises where he's, um, like, for example, you're telling him smile, and although he can't, is it the right or left side that has the the paralysis? Right. The right side. So when he's smiling, the left side is smiling, and the le- and the right side is not. Yeah. Have him imagine that the right side is right, so that you're also trying to trick the brain and and get that whole belief wow. right, because it's a neurological component. So there's a lot of exercises related to him actually forcefully trying, and although he's not doing it, uh, he's making his brain believe that he is because he's imagining it. The other thing you can do is with mirror therapy. And Dr. Rossi, who we've had on the show before, does a lot of this type of stuff where you could trick the brain by uh, putting a mirror so that the when he's looking into the mirror, he's only seeing the good side, and but it seems like the right side is also uh, smiling or doing those things, and so you're <laughs> yeah. tricking the brain. Wow. Um, yeah, this is all interesting stuff that's come out of uh, UCLA. Um, but yeah, I, I would say if you don't, if you're not getting it treated in that regard right now, and you're only focusing on the corticosteroids and the antivirals, I'm not sure where you're located. But if you give us a call, I can help find someone who does have good. Uh, experience with treating Bell's palsy, and we can get your son uh, hopefully expedited through the process. But oftentimes, it is self-limiting. Okay, please, because yeah, right now, so basically, I I I I, I did give him the exercises. He's trying his best, but I don't think him he's doing enough. Like, okay, it's a little bit off. Where are you calling from? I, well, we we are in Brampton. Okay, yeah. So and, my uh, main my main clinic where Dr. Rossi is actually, and he's there today, is in Etobicoke. If you want, I can give you the number directly to that clinic. Yeah, and you sure. can even give them a call right now. And yeah, that number sure. I'll, I'll take the number one second. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah, what's the number? 416-744-7900. Mm-hmm. 7900. Okay, 744-7900. Great. Thank yeah, you okay. so much. No problem. And, um, it's nice to hear that somebody who has experiences, like you've seen your girlfriend and Hopefully, you know, things will go better for him, too. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that, Esme. That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty. Is it, is it generally temporary, Bell's palsy? Yeah, it is generally temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's Bell's palsy, other things can cause paralysis of the facial nerve that's uh, permanent, such as a stroke, right? It's the same type of symptom that you would get or sign, which is paralysis in that nerve. But right. Bell's palsy is thought to be due to a temporary paralysis, again, most often from a virus. Um, it is a scary thing to see. I haven't seen it firsthand when I didn't understand this. We freaked out, right? My girlfriend I and I. having a stroke or yeah, something, I didn't know, right? I, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I yeah. didn't even know what, you know, the symptoms of stroke at the time were. I didn't, I was completely ignorant towards 
you know, this type of healthcare. And, and it was just, it was freaky because you're looking at somebody and half yeah. their face is not moving. Uh, and it often starts like most neurological things start. She started initially complaining of like numbness tingling on that side of her face. Uh, and then the numbness and tingling all of a sudden started into uh, paralysis. And just w one day she woke wow. up and half her face wasn't moving. But one of the things that I did do, and inherently, I guess I knew at the time, I, I don't know how I knew, but I did tell her, force yourself, like keep thinking about it, right. keep forcing yourself. Exercise it. Yeah. And she, she was better in a week and a half. So no kidding. It, yeah, yeah, wow. It, yeah. It was pretty quick and she has no residual from it. Sometimes if it does go too long, there could be some residual effect where you can notice that one mm -hmm. side, maybe just a tiny lit tiny bit droopier than yeah, the other yeah. but she's had no residual effect and yeah it is self-limiting so it, but it can be scary for sure if you've never seen it we'll take a short break keep this in mind uh, if you want to give us a call we're going to be talking about new year's resolutions those that have failed for you because of injury or other components uh watch your phone calls 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell i know dr lou's got a lot to say about that uh, info at paincarecanada.com through email as well and back into the show here in just a couple minutes the dr pain show talk radio am 640 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell lines are open. We're going to get into the conversation of uh, New Year's resolutioners. There's good and bad. Uh, good for guys like us to go to the gym all the time because the new people come, they pay for all the new equipment, and after a month they disappear and you yeah, never see them again. Yeah, they disappear for sure, yeah. I, uh, I definitely need to get back into it much more. That's one of my uh, goals, uh, definitely over uh, getting busy with work. I've yeah, yeah. Uh, gained some weight, so yeah. It's but Christmas, son. Christmas, you yeah. told me what you did over it, Christmas. I know you gained some been, weight. It's been more than just Christmas. It's been about two years that I've been bad. So uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you see you come to your clinic all the time, and it's not so much people saying, you know, they, they, they stopped going because they don't want to go to the gym because it was tougher than they thought. But they get in there all full of, you know, pee and vinegar, and I'm going to lift this and crank that yep. and run this all of a sudden. Yep. pops. And you know what? Most oftentimes in our listeners, you can do your own research, talk to people mm -hmm. who have had New Year's resolutions to get in shape, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the biggest thing often is that they were going to the gym mm -hmm. and then they hurt themselves and they had to stop for a period of time. And, you know, it, it's psychological when you're trying to get healthy. You kind of got to do everything right. right. Uh, and if you do one piece that's not right, then everything else falls off the train, right? So you get hurt, you stop going to the gym. And it knocks you down, Now right? all of a sudden you're like, well, I am going to eat a little unhealthy and et cetera, et cetera. So it's very, very important for uh, your body to stay healthy and, and you able to continue doing those things so that it doesn't stop. Now, we've also talked about before, a lot of the times uh, there's prevention, right? Mm -hmm. You could do these things uh get screened before we do functional assessment screens where, where we look at people before uh, anything that they would start doing. And we basically in that functional assessment, we're essentially identifying what their capacity is at that point mm -hmm. in time. Right. So you're gauging their strength, their flexibility, and you're just letting them know here are your limits. Might be some red flags there. You want to watch That's out right. for, you know, yeah. previous history of injuries. Anytime we see people, one of the first things that we're asking is previous injuries. Cause you know, if you've had a knee injury before, you're likely to suffer that knee injury again, especially right. if you're not doing the right things to prevent that. The other thing is just simply gauging uh, the progression of your exercise. People, you know, will often go back to the gym and they haven't been either in months or years and they were v they were very fit at one point and they think they can go back to the exact same thing. And that's not always the case. You have to, again, you have to crawl before you can walk. You have to walk before you can run. And those are all very important steps to take. Gauge it. The other thing when you do gauge, when you progress mm -hmm. through health that way, is you eliminate the potential for plateau. 
right? One of the biggest things that people face right. is they plateau because your body adapts to whatever you're doing. That's where you need to constantly uh, increase either the intensity, the frequency, the duration in order to limit that adaptation of the body. So gauge, so starting slowly and moving to, uh, you know, more uh, rigorous exercise regimens is good because it prevents injury and it also will help to prevent plateau. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. James, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First time calling, long time listener. Thanks, man. Um, I just want, I have a question. Um, I've been playing um, piano for many years, and, you know, my hands seem to start to tense up. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know what the cause of that is. Um, my doctor is always telling me that it's overuse, mm-hmm. but then it, it's happening on a continuous basis. So it's happening on both of my hands, where I'm feeling a lot of pain in my, in my hands. Right. Have you done anything to treat that? No, I haven't done anything to treat it. Right. So so the way you have to think about this, your doctor, in a way, is actually absolutely right. It is overuse of, of an area of the mm-hmm. body, right? When you're playing the piano, there's a lot of intricate movement going on in that area and in your forearms that control all your digits to play that piano. And over time, your hands do tense. The way you got to think of it is, you know, um, a track star, right? Like if you're an elite athlete and you're a track star, they probably get their legs treated often because there's a soreness component, right? And yeah, and I'm saying that kind of sarcastically because of course they would. Your hands are now elite athletes playing the piano when you're doing that much piano playing, especially if it's something that you do on and off where you're not used to it. But I know the best, we have a lot of actual uh, high-end musicians like piano players violin players guitar players i play guitar myself so i know exactly what you're talking about i don't play that often anymore but definitely your hands in that in that instance become an elite athlete there's a lot of movement a lot of intricate movements going on when you're playing the piano or any type of instrument that yeah of course it will cause soreness because think about this if you took a light weight and you did you know a thousand bicep curls would your bicep hurt the next day sure absolutely so think about if you practice the piano for half an hour how many times did you just activate that muscle similar to you activating your bicep with a curl so those are things that do need to get treated there's also besides getting treated um there's the right way to take care of things so the you know protein is very important getting good amounts of protein to help uh injuries heal uh is important so nutrition matters right mm-hmm. making sure you have water because what's what's our body 70 percent water and right. most athletes will tell you that they consume a lot Hydration. of water. And water doesn't just need to be consumed in terms of, you know, a tap water or a bottle of water. There's water-rich foods, right? Fruits, vegetables, sprouts, those are all water-rich foods. That's why it's it's really not rocket science. It's 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 simple when, when we're looking at things. The good things to eat are fruits, vegetables, and those things, because they're real foods, they're water-rich foods, that's what our body's made up of. Right, so there's a lot of things, James, that you can do, and it definitely sounds like it is due to fatigue and overuse. Uh, and fatigue and overuse needs to be taken care of, right? It's it's just the reality. There's no, I, I'd be lying if I said, yeah, there's a quick tip that I can give you, and you'll never have that again. The reality is, you just got to take care of it. Is there exercises that uh, James can yeah. do? Well, you know, the, th- the thing is, he's playing the piano. That is exercising, right, right. right? So the biggest thing that James could probably do is rest, rest. Uh, right. and use things that soothe it. So muscles tend to respond very well to heat. 
So, you know, maybe every night you put a hot pack on each of your forearms on either side mm. and you relax. Because, again, a lot of people worry about the, the issue with this is all the tendons that cause your fingers to move are actually in your forearm. That's where the muscles are located. Uh, so a lot of people will massage their the hands, hands or put heat on their hands. Smart. But you're just going to the end of the of the muscle, to the tendon. you got to put the heat. The massage has to be concentrated in the forearms because that's where those muscles are happening. Okay. Okay. Give us a call. We can definitely have a consultation and uh, and go from there. It's like a, you know, it's like a, a, a Formula One race car. Every fifteen laps, you get new tires, oil change, and they're back out there. You well, got to take care of it, right? You, if are, you're doing it at a high level. I know uh, a lot of the people that were mentors of mine. That was the analogy that they would use with people all the time. Our bodies are our cars. We don't, you know, you don't get a, you don't buy a car and then never do anything to it. Uh, for the rest of its life, you put fuel in it all the time, which is the energy, like nutrition, the things we put in our body. Uh, and then sometimes, yeah, you have to change the tires. You have to mm-hmm. get new spark plugs, et cetera, et cetera. That's treatment. Our bodies deserve the same respect as the the machines that we so often know. We know we're looking at these computer screens, and these things need constant updates, software mm-hmm. updates. Our bodies work the exact same way. we got to take care of them. Jim, I see you there. We'll uh, we'll hang on for a second. We'll get to you. And for if uh, you want to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Concerns, those resolutions. Did you injure yourself? Are you trying to get back from an injury to get back into the gym? Give us a call. We'll uh, we'll deal with it. Dr. Lou is right here until 1 o'clock in the Dr. Payne Show. Talk radio, AM 640. 1232, Saturday morning, a cold one out there. You're feeling the aches and pains, the joints. This is a day you're going to uh, you feel it big time. It's the only you get anyway. Got uh, Jim here in Barry. Hi, Jim. How are you? No, I'm not doing too bad, actually. Okay, what's your concern? Yeah, well, I, um, I've been diagnosed with a hernia. Okay. I've seen, like, the doctor and had the tests and then seen the surgeon. I'm scheduled for surgery, but it's not going to be for months. So um, I'm right now I'm working on modified duty. Like, I'm just doing driving. Right. But uh, no lifting or anything. But I find, like, in the days I do work, at the end of the day, I'm in, like, quite a bit of pain Mm -hmm. and my question my concern is am i doing more damage uh what type of hernia is it jim it's an inguinal hernia yeah the inguinal hernia yeah yeah. is there an actual visible bulge or something that you can touch yeah as soon as i stand up it bulges right and if i lay down it Okay. Have you ever been told that you can buy um, like bracing for that, that actually can keep it uh, in a certain position, even as you're moving around when you're against gravity? No, nobody. Yeah. There, there are certain like belts and things that you Mm. can buy hernia belts uh, that will help to keep uh, that herniation in place. It acts as if it was your abdomen. Right. So I would say, um, you know, if that's the one thing that you're not doing, it's definitely something to have a discussion with your doctor before the surgery, uh, where you get one of those belts to help it because yeah. Are you doing more harm? Hard to say, right? I'd I'd need to see the extent of, of the hernia. Uh, but definitely if you're saying that it's bothering you, well, that's not good. And there are other things that you can do to prevent it and keep it stable, right? Because that's the most important thing. Um, and so maybe wearing a, a hernia belt or something like that is of potential benefit, but it's definitely something that I would suggest that you speak with your, your doctor about for sure. What, what did, what is define a hernia? 
Because we've seen it. We hear people have them all the time. We see them, like you said, a bulge sticking out of yeah, someone's a, gut. A, right? a herniation is essentially mm-hmm. when there's some type of material going through some other type of material. The herniation is, it's the same as when we say a disc herniation. Right. What is a disc herniation? There's a weakness in the annulus, the fibers of the disc, and the pulposa, which is the jelly in between, mm-hmm. starts to come through that. Uh, and then you can have herniations like inguinal herniations, which is a piece of your intestine falling into the inguinal canal. Uh, which in males is, is you know, where the testicles, uh, cords right. are, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's essentially what a herniation is. It's just when some type of tissue is going through another type of tissue uh, and shouldn't be. And with uh, any type of ab- abdominal hernia, such as in this case, uh, the dangerous part is strangulation of the abdomen, right? Uh, so actually, it's kind of contrary that the big hernias are not as dangerous as the little ones. Really? Because well. It can strangulate more easily because it's so tiny, right? So versus having a bigger one where there's, you know, the 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 bowel can still do what it needs to do. But all of them should be treated for sure. Right. Uh, and there are things that you can be doing up until the time of uh, um, surgery to help keep that stable, like the the supports. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Roy up in Etobicoke. Hi, Roy. Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. What's up? Uh, okay, so a little bit about myself. Um, 31 years old, six foot five, roughly about 240 pounds right now. So I put myself at about 20, 30 pounds overweight. Okay. Right now, I'm just experiencing, like, chronic fatigue. Like, I sleep about 12 hours a day, like, every day. And it's just, I always feel tired. What, what could be a possible issue with that there's a lot of things that can cause chronic fatigue uh when did this all start it's probably been an issue for at least the last like year or two year or two and have you gone to get blood work things like that done i've had blood work done there was no issues at the time okay um, but you know it's just a it's like a daily like just always feeling bogged down Okay, and w- when did you have this blood work done? Like, was this two uh, years ago when it started or more recently? about a year ago at this point. Okay, and everything on that blood work was fine? Yeah, there was no issues. Um, I think I think there was one thing where, because I'm asthmatic as well. Just okay. Like, um, so there was uh, a little bit of concern with my asthma control, but right. it's much better since yeah, so asthma definitely is something. Your breathing is very important mm-hmm. towards having the right amount of energy uh, because it brings nutrients to your body and helps expel all the toxins. Uh, you say that you're about 20 to 30 pounds overweight. Is that uh, new that you've put that weight on very recently or um, it, it's kind of been there for a long time? So it's probably the last, yeah, about two to three years because right. I used to be in really good shape. I was doing Muay Thai like three times a week. So. Right. I was at one point about 185 pounds, which was quite lean for my height. Right. So you, yeah, which yeah, for six five, that's pretty incredibly lean. lean so, yeah. so for sure, that that type, it's very characteristic with athletes or people who train like athletes, anyways. Uh, right. That once they start to fall out of shape, then their body responds to that, right? And so you become fatigued and things get harder because your body's used to performing at such a high level. And someone like you, who was uh, Muay Thai, uh, you know, 185 pounds at 6'5", and now you said you were 250? 240. 240. That's a significant amount of extra weight that the body's not used to it. Does it account completely for fatigue 12 hours a day? No, but it may be a component of it, right? There may be um, a part of that. Uh, you know, there could be other things um, where that weight gain that you've had, is that by, when I say by choice, like making poor health choices, or you've still tried to train, eat healthy, and you're just gaining weight? Well, I sort of shifted my training over to uh, to weight training, so I've right. been putting on a lot of mass as well, so I won't attribute it all to, like, body fat. Right, okay. Um, but definitely, like, 
there was a period where I was traveling a lot and that obviously encompassed like, you know, a lot of late nights and drinking and whatnot. So For sure. I, I definitely know there's a lifestyle choice in there that is attributed to the weight gain as well as building mass. Right. But it just seems like it's, you know, like, the level of fatigue I experience on a daily basis just seems disproportionate, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the big thing in these types of scenarios is is a lot of the times when you have issues, you have to peel away at the onion to figure out, okay, what exactly is going on? So again, you're right. It may be a component of it. It may not be the full thing, but you wouldn't know that for sure unless you tried to change that aspect. So yeah. I would recommend, you know, for 10 days or 15 days, like a good trial period, get really healthy, lots of fruits and vegetables, right. uh, you know, try to do more the cardio based, uh, you know, breathing exercises uh, versus the weight training and see okay. if that helps. If that starts to help, now you're all of a sudden peeling away that onion and saying, okay, yeah, I feel substantially better. You you know, if you're sitting there and you say, well, I only feel 10% better, then maybe you're right. It's not the full picture. But if you do that and you say, you know what, I, I feel like 90% better, then maybe it is the full picture. And in the absence of doing those types of, uh, you know, self-clinical trials, you won't really know. Great. Okay. Thanks. And I would definitely recommend follow-up blood work. All that stuff for sure is important. Anytime you're having chronic fatigue, uh, you want to make sure there's, you know, there's a lot of things that can cause fatigue, low iron, uh, you know, changes in, in complete blood cell counts, right. et cetera, et cetera. So those are important things. It doesn't sound like that's what's going on, but... You know, you can it's important check it out to check for sure. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Got some time for your calls. Twenty minutes left here on the show as we continue to get back into our topic of New Year's resolutions uh, broken bones, possibly, but there could be other reasons why. We'll get to all that and injuries that go along with more of the Doctor Pain Show coming right up. Talk Radio AM six forty. We got open lines. You want to give us a call? We have time, and we'd love to uh, to speak with you this afternoon. You know, we were talking about off air with with Roy, the chronic fatigue. There's also a mental component to that too. I mean, I'm not saying that's his case, no, no. but it could be you know a recent breakup or yeah. a death in the family. All that stuff can, can sure. factor yeah. in big yeah. time. Well, one of the biggest things with true depression, and again, mm-hmm. this isn't specific to Roy because it didn't sound like it, right. but just on that general topic with fatigue, uh, one of the key things with uh, depression is constant fatigue, right? Constant burnout, uh, feel like they don't want to do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, it doesn't sound like that because he's saying that he wants to work out, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't have to be as far as depression. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's another component. There was a recent breakup, death in the family, et cetera, et cetera. All those things do affect uh, the mental component. And, you know, the mind and the body, they work together. The it, One affects the other and the other affects the other. So you got to take care of both for sure. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dan, good afternoon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's good. happening, brother? So I got injured uh, last year. I was playing, uh, I was doing wrestling with some of the guys, and uh, I injured myself. Somebody slammed me to the ground, and I separated my acromial clavicle. And I've been on disability ever since. So I was awarded. Now, I, my, it's been going on for more than a year, and I, the pain is still there. Okay. So I want to know, like, how, how long is the an how long does the injury last? Like? Sure. So let me ask you something. When you say a separated clavicle, do you mean that that it was dislocated, like it had its attachment with the acromion, or the yes. clavicle broke? No, the it was dislocated, like it, okay. nothing so, broke, but the yeah, but the ligaments. Down. Was it a complete tear of the ligaments? It wasn't complete, so we did an ultrasound, so it, it wasn't a complete tear. Do you know which one of the ligaments was the one that was affected? Um. I'm not, no. Not, not sure. But, okay, yeah. I mean, and, and so you're saying this happened last year? 
It happened last year. And, um, and you've October. gotten treatment for it or, or not at all? Actually, not last year, in 2015. Okay, so even a little bit more. Any treatment during that time or no? I, I've had physiotherapy and okay. ultrasound and all of that, and it's just, it's been there. Like, the pain is it's there. Like, I can't get rid of it. Right, and it's in the actual, like, at the point of the separation is where you feel the pain? Uh, yes, exactly. Right. Like, the moment I raise my arm, I just feel a sharp, aching pain. Like Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the difficult part with separations is they tend to affect ligaments. And we've talked about this before. Ligaments and tendons don't have the great supply that muscles have. That's why when you go to the gym, work out, and it's sore, it tends to feel better in a few days because there's lots of nourishment going on in those areas versus the tendons and the, the ligaments are not vascu as vascular type of tissues. And so blood flow tends to be limited to those areas. Okay. Um, and so one of the modality interventions that really tends to help with that type of stuff are things like uh, modalities that actually help the healing process to promote blood flow. Uh, so things like laser therapy help to promote blood flow to the area. Uh, release therapies in that area help to promote blood flow. Activation okay. of the muscles uh, help to affect blood flow. Um, it's it's a more complicated case than is easy to describe on the radio for sure because of how many ligaments are involved in holding the clavicle right. in place. Uh, I can see, mm -hmm. Dan, you're calling from Mississauga. It's definitely something we could take a closer look at, and I can give you specific answers. Um, you know, most so simple soft tissue injuries, the, the research suggests, uh, should get better within 12 weeks. And in the absence of not getting better in 12 weeks, uh, mm -hmm. then you start getting into cr the chronic stage. Uh, and once you're in the chronic stage, things become harder, right? We've talked about this a lot, that once things go on for too long, there's a learned component to that right. pain where your brain now starts to build pathways that even in the absence of actual physical trauma, your brain can still make you experience that pain that you once were feeling in that area just oh, wow. because of the very okay. nature of how powerful the brain is. It's the same thing that we've spoken about with phantom limb pain. Although there is no limb there, people can feel pain in that area. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, Dan, something that I think is worth assessing with us properly so we can give you proper answers because there's a multitude of factors uh, that could be causing the the chronic pain that you have. Dan, the number one eight five 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 Doctor Lou is one to have on you, and uh, use it if you like after the show. Got uh, Craig up in Thornhill. Hi, Craig. Good morning, uh, Doctor Lou, and uh, the host. All right, pal. Good. I have a question with regards to my right hand. Okay. Uh, I've been experiencing for the longest time now, uh, at especially at night. Um, the hand seems to cramp up, and the uh, two of the fingers are, are constantly numb, tingling, and a lot of times sharp pains. And also, it, it even just touching it hurts. Okay, what what two fingers? Uh, I guess uh, the pointer and the one uh, after the pointer. Okay, so the middle finger and the index finger, which is often related to the median nerve issue. Uh, we've talked about this before. So a lot of times at night, what tends to happen is we can sleep in weird ways uh, where we put pressure on that nerve at some point, whether it's at the wrist, in the forearm, at the neck, et cetera, et cetera. And in doing so, it's similar to, you know, it's analogous to when you were a kid and you were in elementary school and you used to sit cross-legged in the gym uh, watching a talent show or something. You were crushing your sciatic nerve, and over time, you would develop that numbness and tingling. and, and The pins and needles. Yeah, and the pins and needles, Brutal. and it would just hurt like hell. And so sleeping, I, I'm not saying it's the 100% the cause uh, of your problem, Craig. I'm just talking generally here. 
most often what I see when people complain about this, where it's an issue at night. I have it myself. It's just poor sleeping patterns, mm -hmm. things that you're doing the wrong way uh, that maybe need to be modified. And in d doing so, you're able to eliminate that issue. Now, the harder part is figuring out at which point the compression is happening. Uh, <laughs> And so it could be at the wrist, like a lot of people tend to sleep with, it's hard to do again over the radio, uh, but kind of if you got your hand under your head and it's kind of bent, you know, you're going to, it's in a full flex position, that's going to yeah. put pressure on the nerve. You can all do that as you're listening, just flex your hand fully, full pressure there, you're going to start getting numbness and tingling because you're compressing the median nerve, which is the symptom of carpal tunnel. Uh, you can also compress in the forearm, get those similar symptoms. A lot of the times what I see is it has to do with head positioning where your head's not in a neutral position. And so when it's not neutral and it's too flexed to one side or the other or forward or back, you're going to put pressure on those nerves. It's going to cause radiation all the way down the length of that nerve because similar to the sciatic nerve, when you're sitting on your butt, you're putting pressure on the butt, but you feel it all the way down the leg because it's going to go through the extent of the nerve. Okay. Would an ultrasound uh, show what uh, that confirmed that? Uh, no, an ultrasound would not do that. Physical testing would be the first simple right. spot where we could essentially just put pressure on certain areas where we know the nerve is and see if it mimics your pain. Um, and then the only other thing that would be really good is some type of conduction study. But again, those conduction studies uh, look at pressure that's being put there, not just at night, but you know, someone who has a disc herniation or a peripheral entrapment syndrome will, will be identified. This is something that's happening at night. Uh, and so we need to kind of identify that more through a lot of questioning and physical exam techniques. Okay, so in the interim, maybe get a different pillow and uh, yeah, uh, you know, try, yeah, right? give us a call uh, with the consultation. Again, we can you can spend a few minutes, uh, fifteen minutes. We can go through this a little bit more thoroughly, and I can give you a better idea. So uh, we have your number. We'll give you a call, or you give us a call at one eight five 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 Doctor Lou, and we'll talk to you then. Uh, some lines open. More of your phone calls coming up as we get into the last 10 minutes of the show uh, for this weekend. Anyway, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne Show, talk radio, AM 640. 1252, uh, Dr. Payne Show, Dr. Lou. Lou Nally, that's him. <laughs> I like giving your full name once in a while. Yeah, we got to give your name. The viewers don't even know who you are. I'm just simply John. Big John yeah, over yeah, here, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, that's me. Bill. Hi, Bill. How are you? Very good. How are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's your concern? Oh, thanks for taking my call. No uh, I've had uh, an issue with my back and pretty much the same as, uh, symptoms of sciatica that we're talking about for the last three years. Right. I've gone to, uh, I've had acupuncture, I've had um, chiropractor, massage therapy, mm -hmm. and uh, the one doctor that I went to, he said there's nothing they can do. Now, I do have a little bit of a breakdown of what some x-rays showed up, and it's Partial sacralization of the right aspect of L6 and okay. uh, mild grade anteriorolisthesis. Uh, anteriorolisthesis, yeah, okay. okay. Yep. And uh, some uh, minor degenerative disc changes uh, okay. to the L2 and L3. Right. So, so uh, Bill, you said that you've done a lot of the passive type of treatments where you've seen Cairo, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have you done, this sounds like it's a chronic issue. It Has is. there been uh, an, a good rehabilitation component, like exercises that are given to you, proper exercises that you've followed religiously? Well, not that I've followed religiously, but I have done them for a while. But like I say, this, this issue has been going on for three years. So it's right. mostly just the leg stretches, the putting the knee up to the chest type. Yeah, of, you know, so, so yeah, it, it definitely sounds like just off of the bat that those are the wrong things oh. uh, to be doing for, for, for rehabilitation of the low back. The nerve stretches are good for treating the sciatic component. But the next component is how do you get good core strength to keep your back safe through all the things that you do? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that's often what's overlooked in these instances with people with chronic pain is that they're not given the proper rehabilitation. And then if they are given it, a lot of the times they don't actually, they're not followed religiously. Yeah. Uh, and these exercises do need to be followed absolutely religiously. It's actually interesting, and I was saying this to you, John. Uh, I'm reading one of Anthony Robbins' books called Unlimited Power. It's one of his first ones, and he has a great quote in there uh, that basically says that there's two types of pain. There's the pain of discipline, which weighs ounces, and then there's the pain of regret, which can weigh tons. And so discipline in these types, and it really hit home with me because a lot of the stuff with pain management, even on the individual, is discipline. And Bill, I'm not suggesting that you're not disciplined or anything. I just wanted to highlight that point. But it's definitely something uh, that needs to be taken into consideration. Give us a call at the one eight five 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 doctor Lou number. We can set up a consultation uh, and see how we can help you out further. Yeah, one eight five 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 doctor Lou. Bill's the number. We'll move on to uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you doing? Good. What's going on? Um, uh, back in July, I slept on a hide bed and uh, and I basically created a a kink in my back where my lower back and my uh, ribs join. Um, I've gone to chiropractic and, and massage therapy and it hasn't really helped. The only thing I, the only way I'm able to get out of bed in the morning is if I sleep kind of sitting up with a pillow under my knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I wake up with no pain. If I sleep on my side, the last time this happened a couple of years ago, I did this for about a year and then I was able to go back to sleeping normally, but um, I'm not sure if there's anything specific i can do stretch wise or um yeah in terms of the the specifics for sure a lot of the stuff it's obviously hard for me uh when it's issues like that to make specific recommendations over the radio obviously because i haven't specifically taken a look at your issue uh but i would definitely say again this is where the consultation for all, all of the people listening to us it's available to everyone it's a free consultation you can come into the office we can do it over the phone whatever it is when we have more time go through Uh, a lot of questioning and you know we can figure out uh, exactly what might be causing that uh, because I need to get a better sense of exactly how much treatment you've had what you've done in that treatment exactly etc etc and it and it just not you know the justice can't really be done right now over uh over the the radio for sure but yeah give us a call Kevin okay got uh, Judy on the line hi Judy hi there how are you good how's Fenland Falls today other than really snowy yeah, it's cold, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Thank you so much for taking my call. What's your concern? Um, my concern is um, I'm 62, and I was just diagnosed uh, a couple of years ago with a diastasis recti. Right. And um, I've been doing some physiotherapy and working at it uh, myself at, you know, at home, and um, it's not getting any better mm-hmm. at all. And I've really been suffering with um, coughing this week. Okay. And it's just killing me. So I'm thinking, is surgery the next step? Or Um, for my age, is it ever going to get better? Yeah. For people who don't know what that is, diastasis recti, it's when the rectus abdominis, there's a separation and the abdomen expands. It's it's common in pregnant women, Mm -hmm. right? Because their abdomen has to expand. Um, And... So, you know, yeah, there are exercises for sure that you can do uh, to help it if in the absence of it not working. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, that uh, that new form is is the reality or maybe you're being shown the wrong exercises. I'm not really sure uh, what the case is because that may be a possibility as well. There is the option potentially, I guess, of surgery if you wanted to go that route. Uh, I guess at that point, it's not... It's not anything that's dangerous per se. It's going to be obviously more cosmetic for you just because, um, you know, you don't want to have that. So, I mean, surgery could be an option. I definitely think that, uh, you know, 
Again, similar to the last caller, give me a call uh, at the one eight five 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 doctor Lou number. Uh, we can discuss a little bit more specifically the exercises that you're doing and see if there's any other things that I can add to that. Can I ask you one more question sure. about that? Yep. Um, what do you think about uh, using a band um, method? I've been reading on the internet the Tupler method, and they suggest wearing a band, like banding yourself constantly in order to get the memory back. Yeah, Um I'm not overly familiar with that mm -hmm. method, so I'd have okay. to do a little bit of research on okay. it just so that I can give you a more evidence-based opinion. Uh, but yeah. that's definitely something I'm happy to do for you. Oh, thank you okay. so much. No problem. In the uh, in the meantime, Judy, the number is one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. If you remained on the line, guys, hang on. We'll get to you after the show is end because uh, that's the type of service you provide. That's right. So yeah. uh, we'll take it for uh, another week. Again, in the meantime, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou is the number. Free consultation. Go see him. Dr. Lou's there, info at paincarecanada.com. Thanks for all your calls. Hang on the line. We'll get to whoever's still hanging on. And until uh, next weekend, the Dr. Payne Show Talk Radio, AM 640.